0: so good to be together. We've talked about in the journey that this thing that we're doing together right now is an important part of our spiritual walk. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I am not the same when I'm not at church, when I'm not in weekend worship together. And so, it's so great to get together, to hear God's Word, to be challenged, just visibly to look around and see I'm not the only one that cares. Amen? Amen? I'm not the only one that wants to walk with God. And not to say that we're the only ones, but to see that there are others who love the Lord, and we're here to seek His face together. And as Pastor Chris said, to hear what He has to say, and then to respond to it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I am not over last weekend yet. What a powerful weekend. Our World Missions Conference. Man, God just spoke to my heart. It just blessed my heart. And through you, through our missionaries, as Pastor Chris shared, just to know that Right now, this weekend, a group loaded up. If you were here a week ago, Friday, Pastor Jim Gunther, who's so instrumental, and many of you maybe never knew that until that night, until last weekend, in this church, getting started, uh, he shared about the work they're doing, and a group of people felt led. I love it, I love it, I love it. We're not going to let it sit, are we? We're not just soakers, are we? We're not just listen and not act by God's grace. A group of people loaded up this weekend and is helping Pastor Jim paint their facility this weekend. Isn't that awesome? Amen, amen. All right, so they've acted. What about us? Amen, that's what we're we're about to do. Amen, come before the Lord and His Word and ask Him what He wants us to do. I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but I think that this series that we're going together right now might be something that we look back later and say, God started something right there. That was a turning point in the history of our church and in my life. After years of laying a foundation, getting some things worked out, that is when we really began to see our greatest impact as a church family. That's when we really started getting it. That's when we really got some clarity. When I made some significant decisions, and I took some real steps forward in my relationship with God. With that in mind, I want to challenge you don't miss it. Don't miss it. I hope you know, and I sense this every week as I share, what a joy to share with with a group of people that are so hungry, so willing, so responsive, so in tune, so listening to God, and so uh, acting upon that Word. But I want to challenge you. And You know, every series, every message is really like this, and and in a sense, you're not going to miss it because, because we're not going to let you miss it. This This series that we're talking about, this is not going to go away. This is part of the fabric of our church family. This is part of our DNA. So so in a sense, I'm not worried about you missing it. But in another sense, I want to challenge you with this thought. If God has your attention right now, if right now the Lord is stirring in your heart in a special way, right now maybe some things are as clear to you spiritually as they've ever been. Maybe you've wondered... What am I supposed to do? I'm eager. I'm willing. I I intend to follow God, but I just don't know what direction to take. I want to challenge you in these days to make some decisions, to take some steps. If God is showing you what to do, to do what God is calling you to do. Now, as we've gone through this series, I've, I've stressed the importance of each one of these steps. Every one of these things we believe are critical to our journey, to our walk together with the Lord as a church family. Now, I did highlight one of them. Do you remember which one it was? I highlighted one of those as possibly being the secret weapon. Does anybody remember? Daily devotions. Spending time with God every day. I highlighted that as potentially the most critical because when we get that one straight, When I am spending time with God, myself, every day, more consistently, all the others seem to work together more effectively. Amen? But there's a sense in which the one that we're going to talk about this weekend, we could make the case, is the most important. And this is what I mean by that. Yes, having a daily time with God every day is critical to all those other parts working together properly. But the one that we're talking about this weekend is our assignment from God. What we're going to talk about today is our main mission. If you're a child of God, it is what God, are you listening to me? It is what God has called us, has called you as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, what He has left you on this earth to do. That's pretty important, amen? amen? And maybe I could put it like this. All the other things that we've talked about together can really be done in heaven. Everything else that we've talked about can be done in heaven. And to be honest with you, can be done in heaven a lot better. Remember I said we're going to have some, what we call them? Humdinger, amen? We're going to have some humdinger worship services. I'm go, humdinger, what's that? That's just the word that means they're going to be awesome, Amen. amen. Man, as we read Scripture. This week I was reading in Revelation. First few chapters of Revelation. Man, it is going to be awesome to be in the throne room of God with thousands upon thousands of angels and with believers throughout history. Is it going to be awesome? Amen? Amen. We don't need to be here to do this. We could be in heaven. We don't need to be here to meet together in smaller groups in heaven. We'll get together and we'll talk about the Lord and we'll, we'll talk about His work in our lives and we'll talk about how awesome He is. We can have awesome small groups in heaven. We don't need to be here to serve one another. In heaven, we can serve others. We can serve the Lord and serve others. We don't need to be here to spend time with God. In heaven, we will have the most wonderful, intimate, close, daily walks with the Lord that we've ever possibly imagine. We don't have to be here to do that part of the journey. In heaven, we don't have to. uh, We we, we can be together one-on-one. We can meet together in an even smaller group, one-on-one, and talk about God's work in our lives. But what we are talking about together this weekend is the main reason that you are not already in heaven. Wow! If you're a believer in Jesus Christ... This is why. Don't you want to know why you're still here? Isn't it it a pain? Don't you want to leave? Don't you want to go to heaven? Isn't Isn't there a lot of hard things? If I'm going to be here, then I want to do whatever it is I'm supposed to be here to do. Amen? This is the thing. And by the way, you can no longer do this one when you get to heaven. The window will be closed for this one. We will no longer do what we're going to talk about in God's Word together. One of your next steps in your spiritual journey is God working in your life in such a way that sharing Christ with other people is a regular part of your life. And we're going to look in God's Word. It's called witnessing. The Bible calls it that. Many believers today, you may be, if you're new to the faith or if you're new to church, you hear people talk about, you hear Christians talk about witnessing. You may say, what is that? Well, that's what we're talking about. The Bible calls it that. And we're going to look at several scriptures that highlight that emphasis. But we're going to focus on one in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The main passage where Jesus tells us this is what He wants us to be doing. Now, before we look at that passage, I want to say something. Many times Christians, maybe inadvertently, almost begin to despise passages that we hear very often. There are certain key scriptures that if you're in a good church, if you're in a healthy church, if you're in a Bible church, you ought to be hearing Acts chapter 1, verse 8 a lot. And many times as a result of that, we almost begin to stop paying attention, almost despising those things, even inadvertently. But I want to ask you if your mom and dad wrote you a letter. My mom wrote me a letter about, I, I pulled out of my, I've got a little drawer that I keep. Many of you, I told you maybe a couple of years ago, I shared, I've got an encouragement drawer where I keep letters. When you send me, your kids, the you Iwana kids send me letters. And my mom sent me a very encouraging letter a few years ago. I kept that letter. And, and you know what? One day, when my mom goes to be with the Lord, I'm not going to say, man, I don't like that letter anymore. Man, I wish I had another letter. Man, what what am I going to say? Thank God I got this one. Amen? My mom shared her heart with me. My mom shared how much I meant to her. And I've got that letter and I praise God for it. We should say the same thing about God's Word, even if they are passages that some of you are very familiar with. Some of you, it's going to be the first time you've ever read this passage. But if it's not, don't despise that's a tactic of the enemy. Do you hear me? Because we overlook what we might be familiar with and we begin to neglect it. So let's turn in God's word with that in mind to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Now we're going to focus on verse 8, but I want to read that whole passage. Luke says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. That's the gospel. Of Luke. So this is kind of Luke, part two. Luke continued, okay? The first account I did about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these also he presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking of the things. Concerning the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Gathering them together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for, that with the, for what the Father had promised, which He said, You had heard from Me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you see that in Acts chapter 2. So when they had come together, they were asking Him, saying, Lord, is it at this time You are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know. The times, the exact times of the epics, the the general periods. It's It's not for you to really be concerned or focused on the timing of everything, even though we have some detail about that in God's Word. But that's not your focus. It's not for you to know the times of the epics which the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you, here's what you should be focused on. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And after he'd said these things, can you imagine this sight? After he said these very words, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently, no doubt with their mouths wide open, amen, As they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? I laughed when I read that as I was preparing. And then we said last week, disperse. Stop loitering. Shoot. Go on. He's gone. He's coming back. Get about the business that he left you here to do. And he's coming back again one day. Amen? Amen. This weekend we're talking about one of your next steps in your spiritual walk is sharing Christ with other people. And let's start with this thought. Write this down. First of all, sharing the good news, isn't it? If we read the Scripture, sharing the good news is what Jesus told us to do. Now if you remember, we said a few weeks ago that disciple making is actually what we do. Okay? If we're talking about we're Christians, here's what we do. There's a lot of things we've talked about, but just to boil it down, here's what we do we make disciples. And we got that from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. It says, And, 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 uh, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the great commission. We are to go into all the world and make disciples. But listen, we said in order to make a disciple, in order to help someone, listen, finishing the deal is helping someone grow in Christ, right? In order to help someone grow in Christ, first of all, we need to lead them to Christ. Okay? So our deal is we make disciples. We help people. We help one another. We, we, we share with the world. Come on, if you want to learn, we help people learn how to walk with God. We do that together. But in order to do that, we first of all have to share the good news of salvation. And people have to be given the opportunity to receive that offer. So actually, this might be, right, get ready to write this down. This might be the fuller and more accurate statement of the totality of what God has called us to do. You ready? We share Christ so that we can make disciples so that we can bring glory to God. Do you hear that? Write it down. We share Christ so that we can make disciples And really, if you know your Bible, really the whole reason for all of it, really the reason I was created, the reason you exist, the reason for all of this is because we want to bring applause to Almighty God. Amen? That God would get the glory. That God would get the credit. So glorifying God is really our goal. That is the umbrella under which everything else exists. Bring glory to God. Making disciples is really our goal to help us towards that end. But we cannot help people grow in the Lord until we get people to the Lord. Okay? That's what we're talking about this weekend. We can't help people grow in the Lord until we help get people to the Lord. Look at what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, You shall be my witnesses. Actually, some of you may know this. The word that He uses there in the original language is, is in our language would be the word martyr. Listen, the reason for that is because so many people who were witnesses for God early on in the Christian faith, the, the price of being a witness, of fulfilling the mission that God's given us, is that many of them lost their lives. So much so that now we know that term as, not so much as a witness, we know that term as somebody who died for their faith, right? But that's the word that's being used here. God says, very simply, you are my witness. And what does a witness do? A witness sees some things, and a witness reports those things. And that's what Jesus has told us to do until he gets back. He said, You've seen some things. Anybody seen some things? Amen. Anybody seen some things? Has God worked in your life? You are my witness. You've seen some things, and now I want you to share about those things. Another verse that isn't at all, as often repeated as Matthew 28, but, or Acts chapter 1, but I want you to be aware of it, is Luke chapter 24, verse 48. I'm actually going to back up and read the whole context. The Bible says, and this is one of those, when Jesus rose from the dead, He met with His disciples, then He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and He said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 says that's the core of the good news. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and He rose again the third days according to the Scripture. That's the gospel. Christ died for us and He rose again victorious. Amen? Amen. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name according to, to His will and His way... To all the nations beginning from Jerusalem, which will be important here in just a moment. You are what? Witnesses of these things. Jesus very clearly tells them, tells us, you've seen some things. Now, go tell some things to the world. Being a witness is a prominent theme. If you read the Bible, it's a prominent theme throughout all of the Bible, throughout the book of Acts, really throughout of all God's word, somebody said the Christian church is the one organization in the world that exists purely for the benefit of non-members. Now, I lost you. You, you, you lost that. It just went boom. Okay, let me say it again because it's important. The Christian church is the one organization in the world that exists purely for the benefit of non-members. Now, I do think that's slightly overstated. But I think it's pretty close. Because we said we could do everything else that we do together where? In heaven. The reason that we're still here is because there are still more people who, like me, there was a time in my life where I did not know Christ. There was a time in my life where I didn't know the good news even. I was presented the good news. I received the good news. My life's been changed. There are still people, apparently, God knows that because God's sovereign, right? God knows there are still people who need to receive that message. And that is our purpose. That is our mission, our great commission from the Lord to go into all the world and spread this good news. So we know our mission, amen? Amen. It's to spread the good news. Now let's talk about this. Jesus told us, write it down, Jesus told us how to fulfill that mission. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, He says, but listen, don't worry about how it's all going to work out exactly again. God's given us some details in His Word. So we're not left in the dark. I'm not meaning to say that. But don't get overly focused on that. Here's what you're supposed to do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus told them. Here's what you do. You start in Jerusalem. You can see it up on the map on the screen. They, they, they were in Jerusalem, and they were to start right here where they're at in Jerusalem. They were to go out into the surrounding regions of Judea, and then they were go a little bit further into Samaria, and then they were go a little bit further to the whole world. In fact, in some ways, many people have noted, that is almost the outline of the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts... Roughly chapters 1 through 7 is to Jerusalem. And then roughly chapters 8 through 11 is to Judea and Samaria. And then chapters 11 through the end of the book is basically to the rest of the world. Because the disciples, does this speak to your heart? Almost immediately did the mission. Wow, amen. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We are really excited that a group is down in Massachusetts at this moment, obeying the Great Commission. Almost so excited we want to put them on the stage next week and say, aren't these special people? Well, they are in the sense that they're obeying, but to be honest with you, they're just doing it. Right? I mean, it's not... Pastor Chris talked about this a few weeks ago, right? We are just servants. We're just, we're just doing what the Master told us to do, And I know that's what those servants would say. But would you let that example of the early disciples' friends, it should not be odd to us that, that we'd be thinking beyond these walls. Amen? That should not be odd to us. It should not be odd to us that we'd be thinking beyond Queensbury and Glens Falls. That, should, that, is, that is how God's people, that is the heart that God's people have. And many people have made the point because of that emphasis that maybe... The book of Acts should be called Acts dot dot dot. Because it wasn't finished back then. Amen? Or maybe Acts, I like this, continued. Maybe that's what Acts should have been called. Because that wasn't the end of the story. Maybe Acts forward arrow. There's actually a church planting network. Some of you may have heard of. It's called Acts 29. You know why? Because there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And so the implication is, that wasn't the end of the story. The work is still left to do. Those earliest disciples, they did what Jesus told them to do. They took the good news to their local area. They went a little bit further. They went a little bit further. Then they went to the world, but they didn't finish the job of getting it to the whole world. I hope that as you hear that, that you are thinking about the very, listen, deliberate approach that many of us Christians take. I know God said that we should talk to people about Him, and I really am going to get around to that at some point. That, that would be a pretty ambitious Christian, actually, many times. First of all, they know it, and they're thinking about it, so that's good, that's progress. But honestly, we give ourselves too much credit. That is not the way God wants us to be thinking. He wants us to be thinking that getting the good news out to the world is not an afterthought. For Jesus' followers, it begins to become quickly the driving force of our lives. Friends, listen. We're talking about eternity. Okay, let's just... The elephant in the room is eternity. Everybody is going to spend forever somewhere. Man, I tell you, the last few years, Memorial Day, is powerful to me. I think just as I've gotten a little bit older, just realizing. You know, as you're younger, maybe you don't always realize. That. I, I didn't when I was younger. that Somebody died for it. I didn't realize how precious that was. But as I get older, I realize life is precious. And it goes by quick. Amen? And one day, it's going to be over. For you and for all the people in our community. So we become interested, very interested, in how do I get this good news out to each of these areas, to the people of my area, to the people of, of the surrounding area, to the people all over the world. Someone said, the sphere for witnessing is the whole world. That was and is the mission for the church until Jesus comes again. I love how God's plan is so thoughtful. It's so intentional, so clear. Aren't you glad he's got a plan? Amen. But I also love how it gives us some freedom. It is kind of... God gives us some room for creativity, right? He says it in such a profoundly simple way that, I mean, it's eternity we're talking about. Life-changing, life-transforming, but it'll work in any culture, in any life, any life, any church... And I just want you to be aware as we're thinking about our church. Several of our church's BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, are directly related to this mission. BHAG number one, each one reach one every year. That's it, right? Each one reach one every year. To be honest with you, that doesn't sound very big and audacious, I mean, in some regard, but it's a great start, right? Each one reach one every year. BHAG number five, develop an Acts one eighteen. We Last fall, we began to form a team of people who are going to help us to be thoughtful about getting the good news out to every region of the world. BHAG number nine, 10 church planners trained and churches started across our area. BHAG number ten, partnerships with five regions of the world. Now, that's, that's one, two, three, four BHAGs that are directly related to that mission. But I'll be honest with you, they all are. They all are some way related to that mission that God has given us, and they should be. Jesus has told us how to get that message out. We start right here. We go a little further. We go a little further. And then we just go all the way around the world. Amen? So let's talk about our part in that. What is our part in fulfilling that mission? Let's make it real. We've talked about what our mission is. The mission is to spread the good news, To disciple those who receive it and to bring glory to God. That's it. That's the purpose of my life, in your life. We talked about how to do that. We start right here, take it a little further, take it a little further, and then we just go to the whole world. And now, I want each one of us to think about how can I be part of that. Write this down. First of all, share Christ with your Jerusalem. What is that? Share Christ with your town, right? Right? If you live in Queensbury, if you live in Glens Falls, wherever you live, share Christ with your town. Did you know that we live in the most unchurched region of our country? Did you know that out of the top 20 least churched cities in the U.S., 7 out of 20 are in the Northeast? And Albany, New York is in the top 10 of the least churched cities in the U.S wow, we have the opportunity to make a difference. Amen? By the way, you've also heard me say, that may make it seem like it's odd to share the good news of Christ in our area, but can I just share with you, through the great awakenings, God moved mightily across this region. It is in our people's DNA to follow Jesus Christ. And by God's grace, we're going to restore that. Amen? We're going to turn that upside down and make it the most obedient to the Lord we possibly can. Now, most of what we're going to talk about here in this point is to be in the context of us working together as God's people to reach an area. And that's certainly true for our local area, just like any region. But since you live in this area, I want to talk about your daily life a little bit more specifically. Now, before that, what are some ways that we as a church Share Christ locally. Really, we do that all throughout the year, don't we? All throughout the year, much of what we do, I hope you're paying attention, much of what we do is for the purpose of sharing Christ or getting ready to share Christ more effectively. Right? Do you think of it that way? Do you think of what we do as church events? (laughs) Please don't tell me if you do. But it's understandable. Unless you're equipped. Consider yourself equipped. Amen. We do not do church activities. We do not do church events. We do sharing Christ with our local community or getting ready for it. Amen. Coming soon. New Hope Loves the North Country. That's it. That's your mission trip. Listen, we do it all year, but this is a direct... If we're going to load up and go to Texas then we're going to load up and go to Queensberry. So this is a direct one-week effort to say, we're going into all the world, but we're not stepping over our town to get to the world. It's not either or. The world needs Christ, but so does our town. Amen? Amen. But what I really want to focus on here is how can you make a difference. Be ready to take some notes. First of all, spend time with God every day. See, I told you, it's going to keep coming up, right? (laughs) Everything else... Flows out of your time with God. Have you made a decision to spend time with God every day? If you don't, you will not be as focused as God wants us to be. Secondly, seek to be dead to self and filled with God's Spirit. This is, besides spending time with God, this is what I seek to do all day every day with God's help. If you want to think of one thing to think about throughout your day, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to do? I'm seeking to be dead to self and fully alive to Christ. That is a great phrase to burn in your mind. My goal today is to be dead to self and fully alive to Christ. If you want to be a witness, you've got to be dead to you. And you've got to let Christ work through you. Because Jesus is wanting to share with that person. Amen? Amen? Me, not so much. So if I'm dead and He's alive, I'm going to be sharing a lot more often. Number three, live out your faith. Be a good example to other people around you. This is so powerful. It's so important that someone once said this. Share Christ, and if necessary, use words. Okay, that's saying, my life and how I live it's very important. Now, I want to say something. I have a little bit of a beef with that statement, okay? Because a lot of Christians want to say, well, I'm just trying to show Jesus, you know. I'm just trying to show Jesus. Well, that's good, that's good, but that ain't enough. Show Christ. But at some point, you got to share Christ. At some point, words are necessary. Right? Romans 10 tells us that. Number four, be sensitive to the Spirit's leading throughout your day. Now, I know for some of you, this is totally baffling. Pastor Robbie, I'm going to be honest with you. You get a little freaky with me when you start talking about listening to the Holy Spirit and following God. Well, friend, I'm sorry that that the church that we have not portrayed that more often that it seems so weird sometimes. But I hope that it becomes more normal in our culture. I'm not saying I know how to do it perfectly, but I'm going to tell you this, God can lead your life daily. God can speak to you. God can show you His path. He says it. God can do that. So be sensitive. Don't feel a burden. Oh, i got to share Christ today. Oh, i got to. Pastor Robbie said at least one a day. i got to do something. here. Yeah. No. That's the way many Christians and many churches take it. This is not a burden or an obligation. It is a command. So we need a little bit of that edge, right? He told us to do it, so do it. But it's really a joy. And it's not, I gotta do it. It's God, you have a heart for these people. We're just saying about the reckless love of God. You know where that comes from? Luke 15. God's love. Somebody said, you know, we talk about the prodigal son. Maybe we should talk about the prodigal God. Because God is lavish. God is extravagant. Haven't I told you that before? God, it's almost embarrassing how good you've been to me. Amen? Amen? Lord, I want. I don't know how. I'm not very good. But I want today. Somehow, God, help me. Speak to me. Teach me. Guide my steps. Help me to be sensitive. As I'm in conversations. If I'm dead to self, then I don't need my needs met. And I'm not worrying about what you're going to do for me. I'm thinking I'm God's servant in your life. And what is God doing right now? That He wants me to be His servant to intersect. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So you got the first four? Spend time with God every day. Seek to be dead to self. Fill with the Spirit. Live out your faith. Because it's very hard to share it if you're not showing it. Be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Number five. Have great expectations. What is wrong with us? We are so pitiful. We're like, oh, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm scot- I know, listen, I know. I know. It's, it's, God's got to help us. But I'm just trying to cast a little vision. We serve the God of the universe who's given the greatest message ever. And there's so many who need it. I have a feeling that today somebody's going to need it. And there's not many people sharing it. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume there's somebody for me today. Amen? Amen. Have expectation. God is at work. People are open. People are ready. People are hungry. Number six, be prepared. I'm going to tell you right now, listen. Almost everywhere in our house, in my office, wherever I put my keys... Wherever I put my wallet, there's some of these. I just try to remind myself, I'm leaving the house. Pick up your keys, pick up your wallet, pick up a track or and or a church invite card. Sometimes this is effective, sometimes this is effective. So I'm going to be ready, amen? Be prepared. Somebody's going to want to know about God today. I'm either going to build a bridge by inviting them to church, or I'm having an opportunity to share the good news with them. So I'm going to be ready. Number seven, don't be afraid to experiment. It takes practice. It takes doing it. It takes sticking your neck out there. But just do that. Just just try it. And trust God. You know what? I shared last week at the missions conference. Sometimes when you're witnessing, sometimes you can actually just kind of, you can say, "Um, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous about this. I've never done this before, but I feel like God's really put on my heart to share with you how much He loves you. You almost have people come hug. He's like, buddy, it's all right. Come on. You know, you're doing good. Bring it home. You know, they start encouraging you because you're so nervous. But just be honest. Just say, hey, I, I'm a pretty selfish person. And I'm not very good at spiritual things. But, but I'm trying to walk with God and, and live for Him. And, and I feel like maybe He wants me to share with you about how much He loves you. What's wrong with that? Amen. What's wrong with that? Don't be afraid to experiment. And then lastly, when the time comes, use some words. This is big. Many Christians have taken many of these steps and they stop at this one. Bring it home. Pick some fruit. Draw the net. How many of us who are selling cars would say, I got this beautiful car, and it's a great deal. Man, it's for you, and you look great in it. Hey, call me back in a few weeks, and we'll talk about it. Bring it home, amen? <laughs> you don't know what to say? You don't know what to say? There's words in here. There's a prayer in this little booklet. Hey, you know, the first time you ever have, would you, would you like to receive this gift? Somebody's going to say yes. You go, really? I never expected you to say yes. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what to do next. Can you hold on? He'd call my pastor, right? Not if you got this. Uh, If you got this, there's a little prayer in there. Hey, hey, if you want, here's a little prayer that kind of expresses how a person would do that. Would you like for me to pray this with you? How awesome, amen? Maybe, Maybe, you know, before the summer, we probably need to have witness training, don't we, before the summer. We're going to be doing a lot. Maybe we should have a a witness training class. So come to that. Or maybe you listen to Pastor Robbie at the end of the service. Because every week we give people the opportunity to accept Christ. What did Pastor Robbie say? What were those words he said? Not that the words necessarily have to be exactly like I say, but there are some basic concepts that we can communicate with someone that is them understanding the message and receiving it. that's really what they need to do, understand it and receive it. So when the time comes, use words. All right, so first of all, we'll share with our local area, and that was for you. Secondly, share Christ with your Judea. Now put out to the side of that New York State slash the Northeast. In the past year, we've helped our church plant in Stony Creek, another church plant in Granville. Many of you have been a part of that. This weekend, we've got a group helping that church for about the 4th Time we've sent a team down to Lee, Massachusetts to help that church plant there. Next Wednesday, a group of about six or eight of us, and by the way, there's still room for others, a group of about six or eight of us are going to help a church in Warrensburg to do an outreach in their area. Because remember, our goal is to share Christ or to help those who do. Right? That's our area. We can help other churches Because New Hope is not called to do all that work. We're kingdom partners with others and we can help them. Number three, share Christ with Samaria. Maybe we'd see that as the United States in North America. 21 people just got back from Texas. Those 21 people shared Christ at least 30 times between Albany and Texas and back. Well done team, amen? We're likely going back to Texas before the end of the year. Hello? Hey. He just said something. What did he say? Oh, oh, we're going back to Texas. Oh, oh. Write that down, honey. We need to pray about that. We need to talk about that tonight when we go home. That's important. Y'all didn't know that. Now you know. We're going back to Texas. We're going to Montreal, Lord willing, the next year. We were going to do that in the fall. But it looks like God wants us to strike while the iron's hot in Texas. So we're going to adjust as He leads us. Amen? We're going to go to Montreal pretty soon. So U.S., North America, we're going to do all kinds of different work in those regions, but all for the same reason, to share Christ. Number four, share Christ with the othermost, with the rest of the world. Right now, we're working on Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but it won't be long before we're going to be back on the uttermost again. Maybe India, maybe Eastern Europe, maybe Latin America... Okay, What are our five regions of the world? The Gulf Coast of the United States, Montreal, India, Eastern Europe, and Latin America. You know what God's spoken to me about in my spiritual walk? I want to do everything, so therefore I do nothing. So what I've started doing is something on the way to everything. Amen? So I'd like to reach the whole world, but these are the regions God's given us. Are you praying about that? Don't lie. You can say, I'm starting. Are you letting that kind of thinking become part of your worldview? Oh, I never thought like that before. All right. Take another step. Amen? Let me give you a few other practical ways you can get involved with sharing Christ with the world. Get a passport. If you're serious about going with us, let's get a passport. And by the way, I'm going to be accountable. I need to update mine. I'm going to this week, by God's grace. Okay, I'm accountable. Here we go. Who else? All right, we'll see. Pray for our Acts one eighteen. Again, we're just forming a team who's saying we'll have a champion for all these regions of the world to help us watch and make sure we're doing well in all those regions. Next one is give faithfully. Last week it was shared. It was shared 10%, but it's actually about 11.5% of every dollar that you give in your tithes. Undesignated monies, when you give your tithe, 11.5%. I think it's 114 But in that range, goes somewhere else. We tithe plus at New Hope. And by the way, it's a lot of money that we give so that other works can be strong and thriving. Amen? Amen. That love offering. Friends, I want to tell you, it is so much fun we try to not say no to any valid mission effort that we can partner with in some way it is so much fun to say we would be glad to be a part of what you're doing in some way isn't it it's fun to fuel God's work how about short term mission trips again be thinking about that right now Okay, it's going to take some vacation time. We might have to save some money. But let's be thinking about that. In the next year, I want to go on a short-term mission trip with our church family. Did you know that most of the Texas team, I want to say about 18 out of the 21 people, that was their first mission trip ever? Yes. 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 And we're on the way to, my prayer is, a team a month going somewhere else in the world. While we're reaching Queensberry, let's ship some people out to other places in the world. A few weeks ago, I showed you some numbers. I said, if we all disciple one person a year, here's the impact that that could make. But did you notice something? Those numbers were based on one person doing that every year. We have... 500 roughly people that are pretty regular, a part of New Hope Church. Did you know if 500 people did that, actually in seven years, we could reach every person in our five mile radius and disciple them? It's not that big of a task. It is a task, but it's not that big. Did you know? that if we kept going in about 24 or 25 years, we could do all 8 billion people in the world. One person a year led to Christ and discipled. So in that regard, we could say each one reach one every year. Reaching doesn't just mean they come to Christ. Reaching could mean we disciple them, right? That's really what it means. So if we all seek to share Christ with one person a year, lead one person a year to Christ, and help that person to grow in 23, 24, 25 years, the whole world could know Christ and be discipled for a year. It's a big task, but it's not unattainable. And we can't stir the whole body of Christ around the world. That's God's work. But we can respond to His stirring here. Twelve disciples, actually one went bad, so eleven and then they upped it back to 12. Changed the world and changed history. Certainly this church, if we get laser sharp in our commitment to God's mission, friends it's not special. It's not like we're going to be like super-duper Christians. If we just do what He said to do, we could see a world change. I'm going to tell you what. I just about can't watch TV anymore. I try because I want to be involved. But I have absolutely decided we cannot figure it out on our own. We can't. We can patch holes. By God's grace, He keeps it together. We need a movement of God. And instead of just praying for that to happen, we should pray and be a part of it happening. I'm going to ask us to to bow our hands before the Lord. Just a moment. Pastor Matt's going to lead us in a song. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing a song that talks about Psalm chapter 2. It's really the Father speaking to the Son. Ask, and I'll give the nations to you. But since we're the body of Christ, that should be our prayer. God, give us the nations for Your glory. Help us to touch the lady at Stewart's, the guy that works the desk next to me, the kid that has a locker next to me in our football locker room. God, help us to reach Japan and China and Brazil. God, there are people in Texas who need you in Montreal. Ask, and I'll give the nations to you. That's the cry of my heart. If you're here right now and God is speaking in your heart, as we stand in just a moment, there's going to be some people down in front of our decision team. And you want somebody to pray with you about some aspect, God stirring your heart. Why don't you do that? I was accountable just now. By God's grace, I'm, getting, I'm applying for a passport this week. What step are you going to take? Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ. And you would just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you would tell your people all over the world to be faithful and to share this message. And God, tonight I ask you to come into my heart and to be my Savior. Would you do that right now? If you want somebody to pray with you, to pray that prayer with you, one of these people on the decision team are going to be available as we stand in worship. Stand with me right now as we worship the Lord and ask God to give us the nations.